Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey guys, we're really excited to have my good friend and copywriting expert, Carlos Redlick, on the call today. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us today, Carlos. How are you, man? Hey, man. I appreciate you having me on the call. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on because, uh, uh, as you know, I only like to uh, um, uh, interview the, the best ex- experts here. So, and and you're a guy who I don't really know personally, but I, I see you um, online all the time. You're kicking butts and and uh, and doing all that sort of stuff. And I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. And and uh, so, um, but I'm really interested in your story about where, where you come from, man. So, um, how did you get into copywriting? How did you get started? That's a pretty good question, man. So I actually, uh, I didn't even know what copywriting was. So um, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a kind of a, a quick rundown, I yeah. guess. So when I was 12 years old, this will make sense. I didn't start writing copy at 12. When I was 12 <laughs> years old, I, uh, I was a super insecure kid and signed up at a martial arts school uh, with my instructor, Sifu Dwight Woods in, in Miami, Florida. And I trained with him for almost every day. And uh, at about 21-ish, 20, 21 years old, he, uh, I'm 32 now. When he, when I was about 20, 21 years old, he told me uh, to teach on the floor. He's like, hey, you're, you know, you're good at the punching and kicking and all that shit. You know, uh, assist me and teach some classes. So I went to teach classes and I was terrible. Like, like I couldn't even get my words out. I was like, man, I thought I was going to be so good because I was a good student. I was good at yeah. doing it. But when it came to get in front of people and lead them and, and not even lead them, but just teach them shit and, and communicate it, I couldn't do it. It was like, my my and, and like I would sweat and I wouldn't even get the words out and shit. Yeah. Uh, it was terrible. It was terrible. So I remember I did a right kick one time and somebody was holding uh, some tie pads and I I did the right kick and I slipped and I fell and I felt like an idiot. I'm like, damn, this is terrible. I can't talk. I've done I've done that before. <laughs> Man, I was saying, well, yeah, and it's normal. Any other time, I wouldn't have even thought about it. So. So the long story short, I was really terrible. And the, the, the thing that was holding me back wasn't necessarily the punching and kiss, kicking and kissing, the punching and kicking uh, <laughs> aspect of it. Um, it was the talking. I couldn't communicate the actual mm. techniques. I couldn't teach. I couldn't pass it on. Um, and, and even more importantly, I couldn't get prospects who came into the gym to try us out or even stay or close yeah, them on. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. So Seafood Dwight, he told me, he's like, hey, study this copywriting stuff because right now, you you know, he didn't say it this way, but he essentially is like, you, you really suck at fucking talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're really terrible. And uh, I don't think throwing you in front of more people is the answer because I'm just doing worse. I'm not doing better, you know? Yeah. So he was like, study this stuff called copywriting. It's essentially, you're going to learn how to sell, but uh, it's kind of for like introverts and shit like you. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He this right he's much more nice and formal yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he's like so study this stuff and you'll, you'll kind of learn the basics so I started studying it and you know one thing led to another I started writing some flyers for him and helping with emails and shit like that and I just got decent at it so I mean eventually years later I started my own martial arts school with my friend Vit in another city and uh, we use copywriting and flyers and stuff like that to build our school. The thing is we were paying 10 grand a month in overhead and rent. It was like almost 11 grand a month. Yeah, and we were like 11 or 12 grand a month. We weren't making anything, yeah, you yeah. know, 
boost revenue. It seemed like really cool, really fast, you know, for like young people, like think we're ballers in a gym. We weren't doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. And, uh, and so I remember it was like a big changing moment. My buddy Constantino's, and there's a few people beforehand, like maybe two or three, but uh, Constantino's, I always fuck up his last name, Kalulis or some shit. Um, he was one of my first clients and he hired me for some emails. And I remember I charged him like, like 60 bucks for, yeah. for five or six emails. It was like for total, like it was ridiculous. And I was like trying to close him. I was like, so is there any reason you wouldn't be able to take care of the PayPal invoice for the $60 for the invoice? <laughs> I was like, I'm getting paid, you know? Yeah. And he, in a second, I wrote the emails up in, you know, an hour or whatever it was. And I was like, this is the fastest money I've ever made. Like, I don't have to do anything. I'm at my house. And so I started doing it a little, you know, more and more and more. And I was like, I kind of stumbled into copywriting and I was like, I think I can get good at this and I think I can blow up. Like, I felt like I was a, uh, I was naturally aggressive for martial art and shit. And like, yeah, I was used yeah. to, I got used to talking to people in person and like closing them in person. Cause you know, I went from sucky to getting decent at that. It was pretty decent at it. So I was like, I felt confident. I'm like, a lot of copywriters didn't have the, like the, uh, I don't want to say aggressiveness cause that's, that's, I'm not insulting copywriters. Obviously I'm one of them, but uh, the m majority of them in my head, I was like, man, they're just not like outspoken and they're not going to break out of their shell. I'm not naturally like that either, but let me do it anyway and I'll fucking blow up. It's actually the reason to why I started speaking. If you ever see me speak in real life, you'll notice the drench of sweat talking. <laughs> I watch videos of myself and I'm like, my voice sounds decent. Like I don't sound like I'm trembling and shit, but you see me in person and it's drenched in sweat. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. But I'm like, no other copywriter does that. That's why it's easy to get speaking gigs. You just step up because no one else will as a copywriter. I mean, in our niche, you know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things that that, uh, um, that I get as well. And it's interesting that we have uh, the martial arts background as well because in Australia they have a big martial arts club which is built by door-to-door -door selling of the memberships. And I did that for a while. I taught the classes there. And, and that's that's really something that really helped me to, um, uh, you know, come out of my shell and, and be, be a lot more confident and talk to people. I mean, you're not, you're not on someone's door. <laughs> you just rock up, rock up at their door and you say, oh, hi, do you, oh, we're, we're, we're buddy talking about uh, um, uh, karate today. So, uh, yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's a different, it's a different opener as well. But, um, but uh, um, yeah, it's, it's really, not, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, but you no, just, no, like, you. <laughs> an idea in my head. I remember when I printed out flyers for our martial arts school, uh, the one that my buddy Bit and I started in Jacksonville. So this was this wasn't my instructors. This was our money, yeah. so it was more important. I was like, oh, you got to make this shit work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I printed out like ten thousand flyers for two, three hundred bucks, whatever. It wasn't much, um, but to us, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm passing out all these flyers. And then I, I come back around and they're all on the ground and, and fucking they're all thrown away. You know, what's going on here? And then I started just plastering them on windows and on cars and all that stuff. And it didn't work. And so then I started thinking, I was like, well, let's just go to the beach. So we went to Jacksonville Beach and there's tons of people there. And they're all generally athletic. I wish yeah. they were athletic. And they like <laughs> I that wish they were athletic, yeah. You know, so, so, uh, so we go there and I, I kind of, I didn't master the pitch, but I would walk up to people and I was like, all right, I got to walk up to them from like in front of them. Cause whenever I come from behind them, they thought I was going to rob them and shit. So like, <laughs> I can't do that anymore. So I, I would run up and I would do this. It's so fun. I'm, I'll pretend like I'm doing it. So I would run up all goofy. Like I'd be like, Hey, real quick. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> seconds, hey, check this out. And I, I call it put product in hand. Well, I don't, my, yeah, my buddy, yeah. the product, I put the flyer in their hand. 
I'd be like, hey, we just opened. I'd, I'd be super like dramatic and shit. Yeah, yeah. I realized doing it a lot, I was like, man, they just respond to me more when I do shit like this. So I was like, we just opened up a school like like five minutes away, a martial arts school. We're giving away a free week of martial arts and fitness. Would you or whole your family, you know, would any of you guys even be interested in that? And I would just look at them and shit like, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know? And then if they said no, I'd be like, hey, no worries. I grabbed the flyer right out of their hand. So it was like a takeaway sale. So as soon as they said no, I was and I wasn't doing it because it was strategic. I was doing it because I was like, we, we need that flyer, dude. Like if you're not gonna use it, someone will. Yeah. I want yeah. Yeah. Shit. You know, so I would take that shit out of their hand and be like, okay, cool. Well, it's not for you. And then then they would be like, hey, 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 what, what? Maybe I am interested. Talk to me a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that that's such an awesome touch. You know, to, uh, you know, people. You hand someone a flyer. They expect you to just say, I'll, I'll keep the fly, I'll go on to the next person. But no, no, yeah. you take it back, and then suddenly, oh, what the fuck? You just took the goddamn flyer out Yeah, what well, you know, see, see if Dwight instilled in us uh, as, like, staff at his school, he's like, always get contact information. I was mm. terrible at that back in the day. And so he drilled that into me so much that part of the reason why we would stop instead of, like, I got out of the habit of just plastering every window and everything yeah, with yeah. flyers. Like, I'm just throwing shit away and wasting my time. But if I can get some time in front of a person, give them a flyer, and they say, yes, I'm interested, maybe I can just say, okay, perfect. What's the best number and email to go ahead and schedule a free week so you can come in? And I just have, like, a pen and paper, and I'm just shaking my head, yes, like, they're going to yeah, give yeah, it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, high five. I appreciate it. I give them a high five, get some action. <laughs> Action. <laughs> high five and should be like our, our address everything's there i'll give you a call tomorrow to book your free appointment or your free week or whatever it is and i'll talk to you soon and i'll just i do a goofy little runway and talk to the next person right next to him be like hey i bet you just saw what i was doing over there we just started a martial arts school would you be interested in a free so anyways yeah you, so you got the social proof as well they just saw you over here like right, right. um, with the all the all the fucking gestures and and uh, and then the people sound really excited, and they want yeah. to know. I'll have what he's having. Yeah, and then when you're moving around outside and sweating and shit because you're nervous, they don't yeah. know you're nervous because you're outside. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just think you're running around everywhere. That is it's a sweat cover up. That's it. That's yeah. it. No, that that's awesome, man. Um, I really <laughs> think yeah, a lot a lot more copywriters should have like apprenticeships like that. You know. Uh, the, like the ones that we've done where we, we're talking to people face to face. So um, <clears throat> how do you reckon like uh, this has improved the actual, well, when you're sitting down and writing copies, it's not the same, you know, uh, there's, there's not the physicality, it's not the face to face contact. How has what you did there really improved um, the results that you get if you write someone a sales page or an email? So that's actually, that's funny. I've never gotten that question. That's a good question. I do something, um, I, I assumed it was normal, but then I let a few of my friends, like, I told a few of my friends, and they're like, you're fucking weird, dude. No one does that. <laughs> We're copywriters, too. We don't do that shit. Yeah, so yeah. as soon as I get uh, the idea or the product that someone gets to, or, or gives me, I, I spend, I mean, not much. I don't have a time on it, maybe five minutes to 30 minutes or whatever. And I just record myself on the camera. It's not going anywhere except for my own records and shit. And I just freestyle pitch it. Because I, I always knew I was a, a decent, like, just bullshitter if I were to just talk to somebody in person. Yeah, I got decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, there's a lot of good shit there that if I can just freestyle, well, then maybe combined with my freestyle and what they've got, I can put all that shit on paper and there might be a golden nugget in there, right? So I just go through a whole process and I sell myself. I just, I pitch myself. I, and it's usually, I start off with a yes question. I just, I give myself, it's funny. I, I've never broken this down. I give myself like a little formula to pitch myself so I at least get some shit rolling. So if I was going to sell my cell phone, 
I, I would pretend yeah. I would ask a yes question, and then I would have a story right after it. So my yes question would be like, hey, have you ever used an iPhone before? Yes, I have. Wow, you know what? It's crazy, man. A long time ago, I used to have this Android that really sucked. I'm just freestyling right now, right? Yeah, I used to have this that was really terrible. It sucked so much. My friend Mike actually introduced me to an iPhone, and I've never gone back. This thing doesn't crack. Look, I can just drop it. I can fucking do this. Nothing ever happens. It's like it never cracks. I can do anything. I can throw it over my head. It doesn't ever crack. It's unbelievable. It has amazing service. Would you ever be interested in grabbing one of these if the opportunity came? Look, I dropped it and it still works. I just go through it and really get into it. And if I feel the passion, once I keep going into it, if I'm, if I'm like selling it, then, then the copy isn't so hard because now I've got the pitch down in my head, especially if I already know what the offer is. And it's, I mean, that's the biggest part. Mm. And, then, uh, and then afterwards, it's like, okay, now let me go do the real research. Let me go do like other stuff, you know? But the first thing is I just, I just try to freestyle pitch and see if I actually understand the pitch myself. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's a set that most people kind of uh, uh, miss. miss. And, and, you know, uh, yeah, this guy's just, just had an echo for a second there. Yeah. Oh, no. No, sorry. Um, it's gone now. So, um, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's something that, that, that people really miss. And, and I think that uh, uh, <coughs> it's, a, it's a really valuable tip that you've just given people. Um, what would you say to um, uh, copywriters who, you know, aren't as comfortable with expressing themselves? You know, like, like, for instance, if I, if I was, if I, if I know me, when, especially years ago, like if I was coming up uh, with you on the beach and going out to people and you were going like this and going crazy and, and fucking, you know, uh, 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 just, just doing that, that whole out there thing. And even, even as, as a, as a, a self-confessed uh, introvert, like, like you said, um, uh, it's not your natural thing. Um, but for me, I would have been sort of like, especially back in the day, I would have been sort of, you know, what's this guy doing? Is he is he is he going crazy? <laughs> how, how do you get cop how do you, how do you get copywriters out of their comfort zone? How do you really get them to um, uh, break free of the shackles that, that they put on themselves? So I think it's one of the things that that helped me is I actually canned my pitch. I know some copywriters they have like this hour long process when they talk to a client initially. I don't really do that. I spend like 20 minutes on the phone and it's like 10,000 plus deals. Before that, there's pre-work done, obviously through text yeah. messages, fucking cold, closed thing. <laughs> yeah. But I wish. Um, but what I would say is, what helped me is I canned my pitch. I, I have roughly nine steps that I go through with every client. And um, yeah. I already know what the call is gonna be before and afterwards. So. Yeah. Uh, it's not when, when I have that canned pitch in my head, it's not really hard for me. The most important thing is what every copywriter that I've noticed, and I used to struggle with it a lot as well, is getting an influx of leads. Um, you know, if you're a freelancer, you, you got, you know, there's certain ways you make money. You can just sell yeah. standard projects, you can sell retainers, you can have a flat fee and a percentage, you can just have a percentage, all these different things. But if you're only working with 10 people, you know, you're really in this scarcity mindset where you're like, oh, shit, I got to close somebody or I can't pay my bills or I can't yeah. pay my rent. So that's really hard. Um, mm. The first thing I would say is actually, if you're in the, the point where you're that desperate and you can't pay your bills, uh, and you and you're not getting like you're not getting good fast enough with your closing that you're just not. I would just go get a job as a writer. I know that sounds really counterintuitive to a lot of people, but there's a lot of internet marketers out there who will hire you for fucking five grand a mm. month. Even. It's a steal of a deal. You're getting underpaid. 
covering your bills, you're going to get a great testimonial because normally that person's a seven or eight figure guru or whoever it might be. And uh, it's just easy. I mean, the way I had done it, uh, I had actually did it multiple times. One of my buddies, Chris Record, we worked together on, on a similar deal like that. And I got introduced to all of his network, like, mm. like a lot of motherfuckers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, is another client of mine who we did a, we're not doing, we do like one-off gigs now, but he had me for about a year on a, on a monthly retainer as a freelancer. And, and it was just like, we barely even did work. He just wanted somebody that was like, okay, I got, I got something I need done. And he would just, you know, outsource it to me real quick. And I would do some copy every once in a while. But the benefit was I was getting shouted out like crazy at his speeches, his seminars or anything. Yeah. I mean, I got tons of business from students, six figures of business just from Ryan. Uh, yeah. Ryan's, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing because uh, like at at, uh, at the time we we're recording this, you know, I was still doing some projects here and there for Mind Valley, but uh, for three years I was full full time on the team in Malaysia with the, uh, working very closely with the CEO Vision Lakiani, who's a great copywriter and a great marketer himself, and and that was an, an awesome apprenticeship to kind of kind of studying him in, in a day to day work environment, and uh, and that that was a great that was a great apprenticeship as well because. Um, you know, I, I learned so much, even though, even though, um, I had already been copywriting for, for well over 10 years at that point, you know, um, and uh, it's, it's interesting point that you, that you make about getting a job because, uh, you know, so many people want to be that entrepreneur and that, and they think a, a job, you know, fuck that, I'm going to go get, get a job. I'm an entrepreneur, but, the, but then they're, they're making like 200 bucks a month. So it's, they don't yeah. really have a choice. I mean, I've I've uh, I've left so many jobs and said, yeah, I'm an I'm an entrepreneur. I've made it. You know, I'm I'm awesome. And then like three months later, shit, I better get a job. <laughs> or I'm going to be out in the street here. And um, and uh, that's something that 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 is really um kind of uh, um not appreciated by a lot of uh, up and coming copywriters. That the need to actually have that money coming in, so you're not coming from that scarcity mindset. You know, if you have to close, if you get on a call with a client and you and uh, and it's like it's like when I was with the martial arts club. If I'd go to an appointment at someone's house and I have to sign them up in order to put gas in the car to get home, you know, that makes it a hundred times harder to actually close them effectively. You know, yeah. Because um, now all the pressure is yeah, on. Yeah. You know, I got to You know, it's funny that you bring that up because it's actually where where the whole idea of retainers for me came into play because I didn't like doing the employee thing. Cause I had done that and I just didn't, I was like, I can, I can do my work in like two hours a day. Like I don't yeah. need to be. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. So I, I, I just didn't like that. But I was, I was like, you know what? I can still just do undercharge myself. Especially when I was like, I need cash. Like this, like three years ago is when I was really starting to like, I was pitching everybody five and $10,000 retainers. And I remember I got my first $10,000 retainer and it was just like, I pitched it. I was pitching everybody. Everybody yeah, was yeah. I'm yeah. like, well, somebody's going to say yes, and it's going to change my life. And it did. Anthony yeah. Powell said yes. So he went, he, uh, we met, he flew down to Miami to come visit me. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> We're best friends now. So I yeah, can say, yeah. Yeah. he flew down to come meet me. I'm like, holy shit. So uh, we met in Miami Beach, really nice hotel, like, like fucking out of a movie, you know? And got, like the top floor penthouse and shit. It was unbelievable. And, um, so I remember we're talking, we talked for like two or three hours or whatever. He was just laying out his whole business, doing all this stuff, what he wants to do. And then he's like, so how much do you think this would cost? Cause I already talked to him about doing a monthly retainer. We just never discussed prices. Yeah. And that's something I always do beforehand now. Um, but then I, I was like scared to even drop the price for some reason. Yeah, yeah. 
and we did, did it in person. And I, it, I was just like $10,000 a month. And I just shut up. And he was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I was like, Oh, I should have said $20,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I literally oh, just had that. I just quoted someone uh, a job, which I, which I, I thought was a decent amount of money. It's a, um, and, uh, and plus royalties. And they go, okay, let's do it. Shit, should, should double that price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I like that. That's why, I mean, if it, if, uh, and part of the things I do with my copy is I try to make things seem like a steal of a deal. If it's yeah, a thousand yeah. program, you want it to look like it's a 5,000 or $50,000 program. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So 10 grand a month. I mean, now it actually makes total sense because I'm charging 10 grand for a sales letter and then I'll throw in some emails and shit for free to sweeten the pot. That's I mean, that's a, that's a great discount. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least in my head it's easier to pitch now because, because it just makes sense. But back then when I got that, I was like, this is it. People need to all start doing roll. Cause I was on food stamps and shit. I was broke. I was fucking dead, you know? And he, and when he said yes, it gave me the car and I closed more people on five thousand, not $10,000 retainers right after him. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I closed them on like two, three, $5,000 retainers for emails and just Facebook ads and shit like that. So in my head, I'm like making 15 grand a month when a month ago I was on fucking food stamps making like a hundred bucks a month, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. You know, I was just water a month ago cause I couldn't pay the bills. Yeah. And now I got more money than I've ever had in my mm. bank account. I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. You know, and like people pay you up front. Like, like uh, one of my, I won't say who, but he was paying me in cash, like in fucking cash in person. Cause we we're in the same city. He was like balling out, you know, I'm like, that would be like the drug dealer in the movie. He's bringing a suitcase. It felt like a drug dealer in the movie. <laughs> well, that'd be so cool. Um, <clears throat> the question I've got from all that, which, uh, um, which uh, uh, kind of just occurred to me then it's like a, you know a lot of uh, um, a lot of copywriters don't have this concept of of like being on a retainer for long term they think you know they're just uh, they're in a mindset of one-off sales so um, so um, what's, what's the what's the benefit to the client of having your you mentioned that it was that it was a pricing I mean and I'm finding that as well too you know when I get into these retainer clients uh, as well, I'm I'm charging them by the month, and I'm, the kind of work that I'm doing, I'm saying, you know, this is actually a pretty discounted rate for my services right here. What I'm what I'm doing for these guys. Yeah. So um, it's actually funny that you mentioned. I, before I forget, I wrote it down because you had said something about um, the retainers. Obviously, is what we're talking about. Yeah. And I actually got this uh, indirectly. I just saw him post about it. But I got to give him credit, Taylor Welch from. I think the smartest guys in marketing is Mark or something like that. Sorry, Taylor. I forget your company name, but I know you. So Taylor Welch dropped this thing on Facebook on closing retainers. I'm like, holy shit, that's genius. And I started doing it and it started working better than I was like, my close rate went up just because I added this like little sliver. Yeah. Of you say. And so what he was saying is, and what I've stolen is uh, whenever you talk to a client, one of the big thing is they just have no like end term to the contract sometimes when they pay a retainer, right? Yeah, so they're yeah. like, what if your copy sucks or what happens? Like, am I locked in for 12 months? Is this month to month? What is this? Copywriters don't want it month to month necessarily because then you're fucked if they say, you know, the next month, right? You yeah. want to have some predictability, but it's hard to sign people on for six months or 12 months. So Taylor was like, uh, just pre-frame them and say something along the lines of, um, yeah, our flat rate is $10,000 a month. And we generally work with people for three month intervals. And that way, each quarter we come back, we review where we're at. And if you're happy, we keep going. If you're not happy, 
we don't keep going, but that way you're not locked into a long-term contract, but it gives us enough time to start testing. Does that yeah. sound fair to you? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, uh, cause it, Really? So thing is, I, I, I hope people wrote that down. For me, I saw that. I'm like, holy shit. That's like, that solves my, I can't believe I never thought of that. So yeah, yeah. Taylor, Taylor added some cash to my bank account with that post, with that Facebook post. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, uh, um, you know, I've got a couple of questions. That the first one comes from that, you know, uh, if, if, uh, if, if you're only on, on a, a retainer, if you're doing the work for one month, how much work can you do during that month and how much testing can you do? I mean, you can get some stuff done, but, uh, but if you're, um, unless you're really at massive scale, like, like my own family spends, you know, um, uh, big money on traffic so you can get test results pretty quickly. But, uh, um, uh, and you, and you would believe the amount of money that, uh, that they spend, although there are bigger advertisers, but having said that, you know, most, most of these clients that me and you are talking to, uh, are, are not on that kind of traffic spend. That's why I wrote that down because, um, <clears throat> Uh, you know, that, that first month, that first three month period is really critical for testing as well. So um, that, that's an awesome uh, thing that Taylor's come up with. Yeah, one of the things that I actually do beforehand, because that's one of the things that I was always worried about. I'm like, what if I charge them this month and then they work me to the bone or something? Yeah, and yeah. So avoid that before we agree to any, and it actually just makes perfect sense. I love closes and deals. It just makes sense. It's just yeah, yeah. That makes it an easy close. So like the three month thing that Taylor brought up, that just makes total common sense. Yeah, both it it's fucking easy. Yeah. Um, but so what I, what I always just tell people is if that sounds like something they'd be interested in, the next step is we just decide each week what it is that we want to accomplish. So we get on a phone call once a week and we just say, Hey, this month is our overall plan. Here's what we need to get done this week. That way I'm on task, you're on task and we get stuff done. Otherwise we just say, Hey, let's pay Carlos 10 grand a month. And I actually put myself in third person. I'm like, yeah, let's just yeah, pay yeah. Carlos 10 grand a month. And then let's just cross our fingers. You don't want to run business that way. I don't want to run my business that way. I want to make sure you get results. But the only way we can do that is if in your company right now, you've got some kind of project manager, somebody who I can report to, get strategies from, and we can just build this thing out. Do you have somebody like a project manager that can take charge of this? Yes or no. You know, usually they, yeah. they do in the system of some kind. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really. But uh, and, and that's it. And then generally that's, that's really it. Like I have actually uh, one of my clients, Scott, he, uh, he's paid me for over a year and he has me on a $5,000 retainer. And I've probably written five to six pieces of copy the entire time I've ever been with him. It's like five Facebook ads and then like four yeah. months. Later, I need a sales page, like yeah, another two yeah. months. So it's very, and, the, and what he likes and what, what I've discovered is like, he just wants kind of like that constant popular copywriter on demand. Like I, I got Carlos, he's good. He, uh, I'm paying him five grand a month just to have him there. Just like yeah, if yeah. I need copy, he sends it to me. And then my response, I obviously want to get that done. He's my, my fast client, right? I got to get yeah. his, he never hires me for stuff. So I want to, like, that's a great client. He just yeah, pays me yeah. five grand every month. And then every three months or so, he's like, hey, I need something. So you want to make sure you take care <laughs> of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And the other, the other question that uh, comes from all that is like, um, <clears throat> especially when you're a newbie copywriter, you can't imagine like uh, being on these, um, uh, these, uh, these, uh, these uh, ongoing payments for, for a long time. What's it look like when, when it starts to get to um, uh, two months, three months, six months down the track and they're still paying? Is there a lot of client management uh, with that or, or do they kind of uh, get used to having you on the team, so to speak? Or, 
um, is it is it is it hard to like keep them or or is it hard to get rid of them? No, it's not hard to get rid of them. No, I mean, <laughs> it's not hard to keep them or get rid of them. Really, though, I mean, like I, most of my clients, I don't even know. I haven't really timed it. It's more than three months because they all renew, re up after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the ones who signed up before I started doing the three month deal, then I would have some that would drop off after a month. So. Mm. So that actually helped me in another way. I got more people to pay longer. Yeah. And actually, and just kind of like another sales thing, I would, I would quantify that shit. So if I said, so you'll be investing 10, you know, most people would say, hey, it's 10K a month for three months. And then they would just kind of not want to make them realize that it's really $30,000. Yeah, yeah. So after they've already agreed to the 10K, before we get off, you know, the phone, so to speak, I say, okay, cool. So let me just make sure we're fully on the same page. It's 10K a month, so the full three-month investment, we're gonna, it's $30,000, but it's just broken out into 10K yeah, yeah. a month. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I just want to make sure we're totally on the same page. Is there any reason after we get off the phone call you wouldn't want to get started with this? And you, know, you just listen to them. And then they usually will say, no, I'm ready to go. And then when they say, yeah, I'm ready to go, then you have a higher – like then they almost always will pay your invoice or get started because no one wants to be a liar. You just said, hey, is there any reason you wouldn't get started? Yeah. And, and yeah. I that's a grand card. I steal all this shit from these people. They just apply it, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, um, the um, the the frame that they put themselves in is that they're they're literally just like you said, ready to go, and and they um, they they it, to to not then to not then be congruent with that behaviour would be uh, would be to uh, make a liar of themselves in in that previous moment. So um, the, yeah. I love it. I love it because yeah, you, yeah. you just ask them these questions that are just honest stuff. Hey man. So I'm happy. And I, it's funny. I smoke a lot of weed. So, uh, you know, I, I usually, when I talk to my clients, I sound like a hippie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like it sometimes. So I'm like, hey man, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so is, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started after, you know, we just talked for the last 30 minutes or so. And then as soon as they say, no, I'm ready to go, man, this was great. I'm like, Oh, locked in. Yeah. That's a lot <laughs> yeah awesome awesome that that's really valuable for for anyone who wants to uh especially get these retainer clients because that, that can be really awesome for your cash flow i think even you copywriters should really I mean, if anything a retainer deal is something that a newer copywriter would want i think the more advanced you get you start realizing you know i can probably start charging 25 grand for this or 30 grand you just can't yeah. start getting a lump yeah. of deal yeah you know, but yeah. especially like my, my retainers came out of desperation of just needing consistent money. And that helped me, you know, I mean, I went from zero to, you know, six figures, you know, and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was just getting a few people to say yes to some reasonable offers. And as copywriters, we know that the offer is the most important thing. Like you can't have great copy and a shitty offer. You can have yeah, a great sure. offer, shitty copy and still make money, you know, and most copywriters don't really have a great offer. They just don't, you know, they're like, Hey, it's, it's this much. And, and when they're new, sometimes they don't know how to frame it. And the way I structured my stuff when I was new is I didn't really hide it. I would just tell my clients, uh, if I was, um, doing like the $60 deal or whatever, I was always working them to a retainer. Eventually when I was, when I figured out retainers, yeah. I was like, hey, my goal is after this initial little project, I want you guys to have trust in me that even though I'm a new copywriter, I can still deliver results for you. So assuming this is a good fit, would you be interested in a five or $10,000 retainer where I'm your go-to copywriter so you don't need anybody else? Would you be interested in something like that? Assuming I kick ass on this first project and I would pre-frame them. So if they said no, then that's fine. I know this is just a $60 one-time deal, yeah. but most of the time people would say, 
yeah, if you do well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested in entertaining the offer. So now they know there's a $5,000 possible commitment or something. Mm. You know what I mean? So when That's, you do that as a calculator, you can still come off as genuine and be like, hey, I'm you. I want to prove myself to you. But I want to make sure that after you have to set yourself up for the, the future. Otherwise, you're just working for free and nobody, I mean, yeah. that's just stupid, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can work for free, but like I did that or work for cheap or work for free, get your testimonial, but always pre-frame the fucking retainer if you need, because then you get some guaranteed income. Always. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think uh, um, a lot of new copywriters don't, don't, don't have the courage to do something like that. And, and uh, um, uh, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had the balls to do that. So um <clears throat> So you know, you've just got to work up to that, that kind of, uh, that kind of confidence in yourself and in your copywriting abilities. Man. Well, when you're starving, dude, that's some fucking pushing. Like you got to do it. Like yeah. I'm not, again, like you and I, oh, I don't know about you, but I, I wasn't naturally like talkative and doing all, like, this is forced. This is, you have yeah. to do it. Like, you have to get out of your comfort. And we all know this. Like, yeah. we, yeah. memes, we look at memes on Instagram, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Blah, success is on the other side of fear and all that, whatever the fuck, you know, but no one actually lives it, you know, like you just think of all the shit you're scared of. Like I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. So I sign up for every single fucking thing that I can to speak out. And I start a business with my friends that is all about speaking yeah. in public, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's how I know I'm going to blow the fuck up if I dominate that because I was really bad at selling and I got really far in life just when I mastered that one skill. So I'm like, well, let's just keep doing all the shit that we're scared of. So if you're scared of as selling as a copywriter, that's like, you shouldn't look for reasons to like, well, let me try and not have to sell and sell without selling and fucking Bruce yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Fucking sell and get good at it because that's what, I mean, like, I don't know, man, you got to feed yourself. I think of feeding my, my whole family, like, you know, like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, as a, as a copywriter, you know, if, if, if you're a client, you know, if, uh, if you're sitting there and your copywriter's uh, pitching you and then they're not very good at selling themselves, um, how are they going to be good at selling your products? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So who, who is, uh, um, uh, one last question. Who, who's uh, the weirdest or the quirkiest or the strangest, like some person in the copywriting industry that you know of? Mm. It's funny because Right when you said the weird, he's not really weird, but but I guess you just came to my head when you're talking about his niche <laughs> our mutual friend. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's just when you said weird, boom, Mitch came to mind. He's different. <laughs> yeah, he's different, but he kicks ass. I, I mean, Mitch let me speak at his uh, San Francisco or San Diego um, tacos and something, traffic and tacos or something event. It was fun. Yeah. It was. It was my uh, first time. It was so great. He he gave me another reason to love. So. So Ryan Stuman taught me, a lot of people don't like my friend Ryan Stuman. Yeah. It's cool, man. <laughs> I love him. He's, he's never fucked with me. He's always yeah. treated me great. Yeah. So he has this thing that he showed me, or this thing, this you know, way of thinking. He calls it the force of average. You know, when shit goes wrong, that's just the force of average fucking with you, keeping you average instead of being great. And if you push past it, they can go be great and do some really cool shit. So I remember Mitch Miller, I was sitting there, and him and, uh, and Macaulay, I hope, is that how you pronounce his name? I yeah, call him Macaulay. Yeah, we just oh, say Mac, yeah. Mac, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So I remember calling Macaulay a person. I'm like, oh, I don't know. He's very like, that's not how you say my name. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, Mitch and, and Mac, they were like, all right, so uh, I thought the whole time beforehand, like days and weeks before, I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to use slides and shit for my presentation, right? Like, I need that shit. I'm getting, I'm new at this. I need slides, you know? Yeah. So, they said yes, everything was good to go. And then literally like an hour or 30 minutes before I went on to speak, 
they're like, hey, so we have no, uh, no way for you to show slides. So you got to yeah, do it. Yeah, I, no, I noticed that when I watched it. <laughs> so I was like, my heart for two seconds just dropped. I was like, oh, I'm about to fucking die. I'm about to suck. <laughs> and then Stuman popped into the back of my head. And he's like, ah, oh, force of average. He's just fucking with you. This is just like the force of average fucking with you. Just read it from your cell phone. Yeah. It is a fuck. You're reading from your cell phone. And so I thought about that, and instantly I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it, no problem. But I was like, man, dude. So, <laughs> so anyway, Mitch Miller and Mac, I love those guys. They gave me a really cool opportunity. They gave me a shot to speak on stage and got me in front of a bunch of people. So, uh, and got me some really cool footage of me speaking, which I actually use for some paid ads. So that's nice. great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're different cats, but they're, they're awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so what about... Uh, um, like new or experienced copywriters, I think you've got to learn a lot, a lot to learn from you. How can they learn more and how can they connect with you online? Uh, well, I appreciate that, man. So if anybody wants to connect with me, just add me on Facebook, Carlos Redlich, R-E-D-L-I-C-H. Uh, add me on my personal profile and uh, just shoot me a message, say what's up or whatever. I like connecting with other people who are actually like in this shit doing stuff. If you're just a sideliner, you're not interested yeah. in actually yeah. coming yeah, don't, don't even message yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, uh, we 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 interact a lot with a lot of shit on Facebook anyway. So if you're friends with me, then then uh, um, you will find Carlos on there uh, somewhere. So yeah, that was cool, man. Uh, really interesting, uh, extremely valuable. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing uh, all this stuff with me. You know, lots of truth bonds and shit on there. So um, this is definitely one of the good ones. So I appreciate that. Um, everyone who's listening to this, you know, I hit Carlos up now. Uh, on Facebook or, or whatever, um, Google him online. He's, he's around the place somewhere, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> so do that. He's one of the, the, the smartest copywriters, I know, especially if you're inter interested in getting clients on retainers. Um, and uh, buy his shit too, by the way. So buy my shit. Attend our masterminds. Yeah. Milliondollarmasterminding.com. I didn't yeah. think I was going to plug anything, but you know, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that. Um, uh, uh, appreciate that and let's do this again real soon. Appreciate it, man. Take Cheers, care. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.